Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, James Giler, author of Doing Time in the Garden. My goodness, he's doing such good work with uh, the prison folks who are getting an opportunity to not only transform their lives, but go back out and be productive members of society. So, James, I imagine the speed, like even the very day a person's released, if they could get in on a program that sort of takes care of them and makes decisions for them at first and and gives them a paycheck, you know, that could be so wonderful, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, these kinds of programs exist uh, because we do know that, uh, you know, idle hands is the devil's playground. So the idea is to get people away from, you know, uh, uh, to get people into the, the work world and stay busy, stay active, and start developing the, the responsibility of being at a job every day um, and not, you know, going on a, to not going to a street corner. Right. But it's really, you know, the, the the moment you're released from jail, there's a decision you need to make. I mean, the 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 way Rikers Island works is that the, the men board a bus at around uh, three o'clock in the morning and they they're dropped off. Uh, in Queens Plaza, and as soon as they walk off the bus, there's, you know, they have ten dollars in their pocket, and there's a drug dealer, you know, and they either have to uh, walk by him, or, or, oh and, and, you know, or they stop, and, and right there, you have to make a choice. Wow. Um, even why are before they you released, have the opportunity. Why are they released at three a.m.? Well, because you can't. You need a central location where you can where you can release the inmates and. Uh, uh, they can't really do it during the, They don't want to do it during the the day and make it a kind of a physical a physical yeah. presence where I see Department of Correction buses pull up to a kind of a central transportation hub where there's lots of subways and a bridge into Manhattan yeah. and in the middle of a workday all of a sudden start releasing uh, yeah, 30, 40, 50 uh, you know inmates. Yep, that you, makes sense. You know, I I think it's there's a possibility here, and I'm sure it's happening in some places. Where companies, you know, I used to do some labor work on the railroad and farms and forests and all kinds of things like that, where I believe you can get some companies with, you know, some inmates being released that have good recommendations and they can just sort of take them right there, take them to their business, have housing for them, and and the next day they start working so they wouldn't have the idle time or get in the old system. And I think... You know, they wouldn't have to pay them top wage, but they can pay them a reasonable wage and get them started on the outside world. Uh, do you have examples besides, you know, the horticulture is one thing you're saying. Do you have any other examples of that going on? Well, there, there's a few organizations that work in aftercare. There's the Fortune Foundation in Manhattan, and um, there's the Osborne Foundation. And these are all areas where people can go when they're released and actually get involved in um, uh, 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 employment placement opportunities. There's another organization called CEO, which immediately puts people to work in the uh, uh, working on maintenance in the in the city's courthouses and other kind of public projects where they have contracts. But again, to move people out of the city where they're kind of in a more secluded location is much more difficult. There was a very interesting farm in upstate New York called LaGuardia um, that really dealt with, with the homeless and the mentally ill, and it was actually a pretty large farm area that, that really 
isolated people from their community and let them work on you know substance abuse issues. Yeah. But that recently closed. Um, but there's very few places. I mean, most of the effort really and most of the money really goes into um, incarceration. And, and of course, most of our large businesses uh, doing this kind of labor is is located in rural areas. So then you you really can't lo- relocate people on that kind of basis. I mean, I, I think it's there's probably creative ways to look at uh, developing more opportunities like that, but people aren't really going down that route. So can you uh, tell us a few examples of somebody whose life turned around from this program? Actually, we have about a minute to break, so give us one and we'll get some more after break. Sure. Uh, One of my first uh, students, going all the way back to 1998, never planted anything, never knew anything about plants until he was incarcerated. And uh, he worked with us for about six months on Rikers when he was released. Uh, He worked with us on our aftercare uh, reentry program, the Green Team. Uh, Eventually, we moved him through different internships, and then he ended up working as a Central Park zone gardener, making $39,000 a year. (laughs) He also worked as a zoo horticulturist horticulturist for the uh, Prospect Park Zoo in Brooklyn. Uh, Went on to... We'll have to finish this after break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Our guest today, James Giler, doing time in the garden, getting our prisoners back into society as helpful, contributing members.